Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I think vanilla beans, the most underrated ice cream flavor of all time. Vanilla? Oh, boy. Well, we can talk about that. And I am the Champ, and I'm going to paraphrase T.S. Eliot and say that my season went out not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the bottom halves went out with a whimper. Yeah, it was it was bad, and and not that everybody cares, but um, I had come back from a 17-point deficit in the Republic League, um, 17 points at the beginning of September, had actually passed Tom on the second to last day, only to lose to him on a uh, home run by um, uh, Xander Bogarts. Um, yeah, no, Raphael Devers, sorry, I get those two confused, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a... Let's just put it this way. I'm looking forward to 2022. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like yeah. everyone. Everyone's looking forward to 2022. Yeah, you're right. You're right, particularly after this, the, the past two years. What's going on with vanilla? Why do you think that's uh, underrated? Well, I said vanilla bean. Vanilla bean? Oh, okay. Yeah. It, have, it, you've had vanilla bean ice cream? Yeah, I do. Um, do you yeah, like it? It's, it's, that's pretty vanilla. No, it's... It's more than just vanilla. It's it's a great flavor, but I I, oh. I label it underrated because when you go out to get ice cream, you don't necessarily. That's not your go-to. You normally no. people go out and get something flashy, right? Yes. But, but vanilla bean is solid. It's a solid flavor of ice cream. If someone I, offered it to you, you yeah. would eat it and you're like, man, that's really good. But you never when you go out, you don't. That's not a go-to. You're always looking for something like there's seven different flavors mixed in. And I I had it this weekend, and I thought, man, this is a solid flavor of ice cream that people overlook constantly. That's how that's what I think. That's how my brain works. It's stuff like that. So. Um, I, I don't think I've ever ordered uh, vanilla ice cream out, to your point. Um, um, it's probably best served in an affogato. In a what? Affogato. What's that? I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, it's essentially vanilla ice cream with uh, a shot of like espresso or coffee in it. Oh, type yeah. of thing. It's okay. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We, anything... well, look, look at you and I. We're pretty cultured, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, anything, <laughs> any food item that has liquor in it, uh, we just refer to it Irish whatever. Irish coffee, Irish ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what we refer to it as. Yeah. So, yeah, you call it affogato. I call it Irish no. ice cream. Yeah. 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 Affogato is an Italian dessert. Sure. Yeah. See, the Italians have fancy names for it. We, The Irish just have the Irish. <laughs> that, then, you know, that's a code word for liquor in something. <laughs> yeah. well, one of the best things is, is uh, you know, by the Irish is their Irish goodbye. Right? Love that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Who, who doesn't like that? Or Irish twins? You know what Irish twins are? I do. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and it's funny is I'm I'm still reading that book on the IRA. I'm almost done. And uh, okay, it's uh, remember I told you I don't know if I told you on air. I told you off air that I was reading it at night. You know, lying in bed, and I couldn't get to sleep because how violent it was. I had to put it down for a week. So, but now I'm back on it and. Um, I'm really kind of getting a 
a feel like I'm looking for other mediums about the IRA and Sinn Fein, and it, it's really interesting. It's I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's it's really cool. I enjoy it. How many how many books do you read at one time? Because oh, one. Um, you told me you're one one. I, I haven't started. I hate people yet. I, I need to oh, okay. through this book. Too. All right, you just yeah. have it queued up, huh? Yeah, I just have it queued up. But I, I, it's a great that that's a great title. I hate people, isn't it? <laughs> I told you, I, I gave you the spoiler um, to to solving that, right? Retire. Yeah, there you go. Just quit. Get out. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I've got three books going on at, uh, at once. So yeah, I, I'm not really good. I can't can't concentrate on one thing still. So okay. Well, maybe when you mature. There you go. There you go. That that day will happen at some point, I guess. Maybe. What else is happening? All right. So we got a couple things uh, this week. So we're going to cover some Bush League stuff. Uh, we got some playoff baseball news. We're going to cover. Then we this week is the. Uh, I have five inductees to the Rooster Wing of the Hall of Fame. I, a couple Yay. weeks ago, I sent out a text asking for any uh, nominations. I included some people that were in the thought process. But I, I narrowed it down to five, and we'll go over them today for as inductees for the 2021 Rooster Wing. All right. All right. Uh, let's start with the Bush League Championship Gala. It is Saturday, November 6th at 1 p.m. at the Tap House 23 in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. Right? Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I've only been there once. It looks like a pretty good place. Um, we'll send out an announcement and a link to the place with – um, to, to everyone, so so they can also take a look and everybody feel feel comfortable. But I, I think this is a uh, um, probably a good halfway point, so that Bob doesn't have to drive, you know, all the way into uh, into Chester County. All right, and then uh, are you going to try to get a hold of Tom? Yeah, I'll send I'll send this via email, I guess. So okay. you know, hopefully he'll be on there. Whether he responds or not, I, I don't know. I may have uh, you know his agent, which is Bob Freeze, um, remind him. Okay. Or Michelle, <laughs> yeah, uh, but but all is welcome. Yeah, you know, not just not just Bush yeah, leaguers. Yeah. And we got, I got the trophy. I sent you a picture, yeah. you and Bob, a picture of the trophy. So the bobblehead is here, so we can actually have a, a a ceremony there. And I also have the golden monkey. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see who gets the award of the first golden monkey award. This right. should be good. Yeah. Um. All right. Good. And the other thing, the Bush league. We, we, we had talked about doing the winter meetings is uh, bringing back the Bush League report. And I would put it together, so I'll send out a text and emails and reminders of uh, submitting articles, hopefully by the end of the year. This year. Okay. Not, All right. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be a late penalty as well. Maybe Ooh. we should find people for being there you late, go. right? I got some ideas for this, so. You do? Okay. I do. All right. Um, yeah, so I'll send out a text and email and phone calls and whatever. If you could, yeah, and and we'll we'll do that and I'll put something together electronically for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe I'll actually uh, think about doing the website this year. We could also post it there. We'll see. Well, no maybe. promises. Well, you you thought about it last year. You thought about I it. I did. Yeah. I I did. Yeah. Well, these things, you know, these these ideas, they just don't happen overnight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, baseball news. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs. We'll start with the American League. Have you watched the Astros and the uh, and the Red Sox? Uh, 
I've watched a little of it. Were you the one that says it's kind of like rooting for either Stalin or Hitler? Like, like it's hard to pick. Well, I said Stalin or Khrushchev, and that was the Yankee Red Sox game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, I was. Gosh, at this point, I would actually pick. I, I would actually root for the Yankees. It's it's just hard to root for for these two teams. I don't know. I I I, I think I'm actually rooting for the Red Sox. Believe it or not. Uh. Yeah, I can't do that. I, but I think, I, you know, I picked the Astros to win the World Series, and I think the Red Sox, are their bats are coming alive here. I mean, they're they're playing really well. So I, I'm hoping the Astros pull it out. At, McCullers is hurt. and um, Yeah, they gave up eight runs in the first two innings, I think, the last game. Well, we, we, talked, we talked at the end of the season that I, I thought that the Astros pitching – was a little banged up and a little bit light, and yeah, that that losing McCullers just you know um, hurts even more. So I, I I don't think it's I think the I think it's going to be the Red Sox, the American League. All right, and believe then, it or not, who would have thought that at the beginning of the year? Well, they won a lot of games, and they were in first place at some point during the season. And Verdugo is a pretty good player, you know, the guy that got for bets. Yeah, I'm just a little shocked their pitching is held up because Chris Sale's a name at this point. He's, he's not even that good. You know, their best pitcher might be Evaldi. Right, right. Or your boy from the Phillies. Pitched pretty well. Oh, Pavetta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did pitch pretty well. He hasn't pitched well in the second half. But, yeah, he's 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 keeping them in games. Of course, if you score eight runs, hell, Noel would be a good pitcher for them. Jeez. Oh, there we go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about Braves-Dodgers? Have you, have you watched – I, I just caught, I, you know, I caught bits and pieces of it, but each game I've caught the the, the ninth inning, and uh, you know, certainly dramatic. Just just the way the Braves had remade that 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 team um, with the you know four outfielders coming in after uh, Acuna gets hurt, and you know Austin Riley quietly had a really good year um, this year. But you, you know, what I hate, and the reason why I, I don't think I want the, the Braves. Um, in the World Series, is that stupid? The, the, their fans—they're—they're they're so obnoxious with that damn tomahawk chop. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's—it's it's not as prevalent as it was in the '90s, but yeah, I—I I get your point. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, they're—they're they're phony fans, right? They—they—they they, they never show up when they had the really good teams, and—and and now, yeah, I'm—I'm—I'll just stop. I'm—I'm I'm just not. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, I'm sure the networks would love to see the Astros and the Dodgers, right? Wouldn't that be great? To, uh, marketing. Well, actually, the Astros, Dodgers, or Red Sox, Dodgers. Either well, either one of them, because they would sure. both be the uh, like repeats. Because the Dodgers have played both of those in the World Series, right? Yeah, they played both of those uh, teams. Um, I think yeah. so. Yes. Yeah, and they got cheated out of both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I I have watched the Braves. I haven't watched the ninth innings, um, but I, I their pitching is good. Freeman, I think Freeman's zero for he was zero for seven at some point with seven strikeouts. So he he needs to find a swing a little bit, but it when he does, I, I think I think the Braves can hang on. I think I was the only one to pick the Braves. Um, yeah, you were. Yeah. The, Bill picked the Dodgers. You picked the Dodgers? No, you picked the Cardinals. No. Never mind. I picked the Cardinals. Yeah, right. I picked the Cardinals. Yeah. You were out the first day. Um, 
I told you I was more of a homer pick than anything. Yeah. But I, I would have picked the Dodgers. But I, I have, or, No, I would have picked the Giants after that. You would have? Yeah, I would have. Hey, speaking about the Giants, did you see the check swing? Yeah, that was really bad, wasn't it? I don't know if it was really bad. I don't think it was bad as George Orta. Oh, no, nothing is that. Well, no, obviously nothing will ever be as bad as that. Well, that no, will I go mean, down I, in infamy. Even look at it non-biasedly. It, it wasn't as bad as George Orta. I, I understand you have to make the right call, but two strikes in um, a game five um, championship game. Uh, I, I don't know. That's it's just it was it was bad. Did you see it live? Yes. Did when when his hips came through? Did you think oh he just swung at that pitch? No, okay. I did not. All right, all right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like I, I almost felt like that umpire got caught off guard. How can you get caught? I know, you're right. It, it, it kind of looked like that, right? All of a yeah. sudden, like, what the hell happened? Let me call yeah. something here. I, I agree with you, but I don't, I don't know how you could. <laughs> yeah, they get paid a lot of money to stay on guard. But I think, <laughs> I think he got caught off guard. And I always feel like if you get caught off guard, you you never end the game. Like, you say no swing. I don't care if, right. he, if he hit right. him back with his bat. Like, you say, I didn't think he swung. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, but hey, whatever. He made the call. When I saw, I didn't see it live, but I saw the live, you know, I saw the live play, you know, as a replay, knowing what happened. Um, My initial reaction was, I know his hands didn't come through, but his hips came through and it looked odd. It just, it looked odd the way his hips came through. And I I was thinking, all right, I, I don't know if I'd be freaking out this much, but after watching it a couple times, yeah, I could see where the guy didn't swing the bat. But initially, again, I'm looking at it from a biased, with bias lens. I got you. I know what I got happened, you. But yeah, I, I, I did not. I did not think that that he had swung. I was just surprised, and you know, there's there's no way that obviously they can't review it, and then players are pouring onto the field. So you know, that's that. Yeah, good the, for Scherzer. And the other thing, too, I mean, I don't know if they're going to hit Scherzer anyway. So. Well, yeah, and the other thing too is like, it, like that that umpire didn't cost them the series. They had plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I I didn't have any problems with it. But uh, getting back to the Dodgers Braves, um, Braves go up 2-0 last night in the in the last inning. They scored what three runs in the last three innings. Um, the Braves were up 2-0 last year, and were up 3-1 last year in the NLCS. So th- this isn't quite over. But I think the Braves pitching is much better than they were last year. So I I think they're going to hang on and 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 win the win the National League. But um do you, do you, do you, uh, you you think the Dodgers still have a well, obviously they have a shot to come back. Do you think the Dodgers will come back and win this thing? I I I, I do. I do. Um I I don't know. Um if the Braves do advance to the World Series Good for them for their front office for going out um, at the trading deadline. That's just, yeah, they've done they've done some some good things to remake that team after Acuna. So you know, if, if they do, good for them. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I didn't agree with last last night is uh, I think it was the seventh where he, I I, I can't pronounce the manager. Is it Snickter? What's the yeah, yeah. Snickter. He he made a double switch and pulled Adam Duvall out, put Hermedia in. And Hermidia made a 
a fielding and it wasn't a, it was a judgment error in the field Taylor hits the double they go up 4-2 like within two pitches of of uh the switch and I felt like when your guy Freeman is not hitting you need the ball in there like I would have just chewed up a bench player to pinch hit for the pitcher at the you know when when you were ready to bat I don't know if I would I mean that's a big ask to for your offense to score runs and you take out your one of your best hitters. So I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah, I don't know if I would have done that. Um, but it, it should be a good series. It's probably going to go. It's going to go at least six, if not seven. And I think they're well matched. I think they play well. You know, the the pitching is good. The middle relief is solid. It, it's it's actually a good series to watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I just need to. And actually, didn't they start a little bit earlier last night? They started they did. at seven thirty or eight, yeah, and, and and their games have been you know a little bit. Game one was right around three hours, which is unbelievable. Usually, playoff games are three and a half to four hours, right? Yeah, considering the Dodgers used thirty eight pitchers the first game. <laughs> you know, I was looking it up in two thousand four. The Yankees Red Sox went five hours in a nine inning game, fourteen inning game. In the, oh. in the ALCS, and they used less pitchers than the Dodgers did in the first game. Mm. So, anyway. Uh, hey, revised playoff structure proposal. You had a note in there. What, 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 are, you, what are you referring to? Well, you know, there's – I guess it's really from more Giants and Dodger fans um, about the playoff structure this year that, you know, as they went into game five of the divisional series, people complaining that – Teams that have won 107 games or something, including the playoffs, you know, one of them's going to be out. And I'm, I guess I kind of feel like this is baseball's structure. Um, I, I like the wild card. I like the wild card game. The only thing I was thinking is what they could do is still have the three division winners and two wild card teams, right? So you take those five teams and then you seed them based upon the win loss record after those five get in. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the way it is. I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah, well, it, with the Dodger Giant, you know, 100, what, the 106 wins, 105 wins. Well, I guess they both had 106 yeah. after the Dodgers won the wild card game. But I think it's happened once in 145 years. So if it happens once every 145 years, I don't think there's a need for a structural change. I, I do like the two wild cards only because it 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 keeps teams engaged, keeps fans engaged. Sure. Yeah. I, so I do like that. I, I, I wouldn't want it to go to a, a best of three unless they cut the season to 154. I'm okay if they cut it to 154 because historically baseball has been at 154. So I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, to add more playoff. You know, if they wanted to take that – like you're talking about that five game structure or the five team structure, you, you would still need, I, I, I don't know if baseball teams like the buy. I don't know if that's good for them. Gotcha. Uh, so as, what, as do, what, what do you think about this with the upcoming CBI, the looming CBI? Um, if baseball wants to increase the number of playoff teams, let's, so let's just um, say maybe to go to six teams. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they should cut the season to 154 because 
Like it, it, it's getting cold out, and you don't want weather being a factor. Yeah, but you know that's not going to happen, no, right? It's um, that yeah. means each team's going to lose four home games. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's going to cut into to revenue. That there's 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 no way that's going to happen. It's not going to be unless they know that they can make more money, not the same amount of money. If they know that they can make more money across all teams by adding a playoff round, um, I don't think they're going to do it. You mean with like TV revenue and stuff? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm okay. I, I like the five right now. It, it, it keeps fans engaged. It keeps baseball in the news. It keeps more teams, you know, that they're sure. – yeah, that, you know, even though this year the National League, the Cardinals kind of run away and hide with that second playoff spot. But if it wasn't for that 17-game win streak, there would have been four teams involved up until the last yeah. week. Well, yeah. look at the American League. There was four yeah. teams on the last day, right? On the last day, yep. And probably five teams in the last week with the eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I'm good with it, and, and hopefully they can work that out. And I think it's cool. And it's but but as far as the 105, I don't like the reseeding. I, I think there should be a, you know, you should you should be rewarded for winning the division. And if it happens well, once every 145 years, you know, so be it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I was, it was just a proposal by by me based upon that. But um, I, I I don't think that. Um, you're right. It's more of an anomaly this yeah. year, and yeah. you know, and and that had a lot to do with the Diamondbacks and how bad they were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or else they would only they would they would only been ninety uh, high ninety win teams. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, which brings me to another thing: like the Giants, they don't get out of the division series. They went one hundred and six games, and I couldn't tell you, like I. If I'm a Giants fan, I am not comfortable going into next year thinking, all right, we're starting a little run here. Because I don't think the team's that good. I have no idea how they won 106 games. I, I don't either. I, I, I don't either. I mean uh, – Their best player is Brandon Belt. And, and he was hurt. <laughs> it's, Posey, it's yeah. Belt and Posey. That's their best players. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they've they've got a really good farm system that that that's coming up. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't expect. And in fact, I wouldn't think that they would be more than a, you know ninety win team next oh, year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they won seventy. Like, yeah, I, yeah that outfield is horrendous. And then they're, <laughs> they're playing down rough. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not comfortable if I'm a Giant fan. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that we couldn't win, at least get to this series. You know what I mean? Yeah, so everyone will forget this team in 10 years. They'll forget them. Uh, 10 years? They'll forget in two years. Yeah, that could be true. Um, all right, so once upon a time in Queens, the 30 for 30, you've been watching this? Yeah, it was a 30 for 30 special, I think, that came out sometime in September, and I had recorded it. And I just started watching it, and, and it chronicles the 1986 Mets, basically what up, what led up to that team, and just what went on with the team, and you know, a bunch of crazy guys, and it's 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 really good looking back. And they feature uh, a lot of the players. Um, one of the stars, and of course, is Lenny Dykstra, who is unfiltered through through the series. You know, Keith Hernandez, Bobby Ojeda, Mookie Wilson's on there, Ray Knight. Um, so yeah, it's. It's really good. Um, I'm up to game seven, um, and it's it's a four part series. So I'm up to game seven, and I'm halfway through, and I don't know how it ends. So, so don't tell me. Uh, yeah, don't I give me a spoiler. I won't, alert. I won't tell you. Um, 
Yeah, and it's funny is you're and I remember that team, and I remember the team in '84. They you were thinking, all right, this team's getting pretty good. '85 they had a good year, but the Cardinal they, the Cardinals outlasted them. And then you're thinking, it this is the year, right? This is the year that the Mets. There's no one that's going to beat them. Uh, and they, they they it wasn't as as clean as a path to the World Series championship as you might think based on how good that team was. Really, they sh- they might have not even got out of the NLCS, and they should have lost the World Series. And then you well, they might not even be talking about them. Well, wait, wait. What about the division? Did they win the? They they won it pretty pretty handily, right? Well, yeah. The Philly Phillies finished second that year. They were eighty six to seventy five, twenty one and a half games back. Eight. Yeah, and the Phillies had an MVP. Schmidt won the MVP of the National League that year. Really? Yeah. Huh. And there, I, I looked at the at the baseball reference, the team batting, the Phils were pretty close to the Mets, one and two, for most of the offensive categories. And the Astros were probably a little better uh, team pitching than the than the Mets were. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I mean, there are – Bill Buckner fields that ball. No, There's no 30 for 30 on the Mets, unless it's like a 30 for 30 complete collapse type thing. Uh, yeah. Well, when you get to that part, it's, it's interesting to hear how, you know, obviously in the Red Sox locker room at Shea Stadium, yeah. they were they were preparing for a celebration, how a lot of the, the, the um, Mets players were, were already back in the um, – Back in the um, clubhouse, they had to go find Kevin Mitchell to, to pinch hit in that ninth inning. I remember that, yeah. Because <laughs> he was already back there, yeah, yeah. his rookie year. Yeah, he, boy, you know, they traded him for Kevin McReynolds, I think. And uh, <clears throat> I, I'm thinking, looking back, you probably shouldn't have done that. Kevin McReynolds was a good veteran player, but, I mean, Mitchell ended up winning an MVP, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so – I, I I gotta watch that as well. It'll, it'll bring back memories, and it's always it's always cool to. Um, I, I like listening to Keith Hernandez. I think he has good perspective on on the teams that he's played on, and he's played on really good teams. Uh, I would agree. Um, he was a really. I mean, just watch some of the plays he made as a first baseman. He you know he's probably what top three, five defensive first baseman of all time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like I, I know you're probably biased toward this, but I feel like him and Mark Grace are the gold standards for okay. first baseman when in in my lifetime, right? Yeah. But oh, by by the way, I I like listening uh, Mets broadcasts. Um, him and Ron Darling, um, who were both on yeah. that '86 team, um, they're some they're, they're they're both pretty good broadcasters. And I guess Darling's doing the games on TBS, right? Yes, he, he's really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy listening to him. Um, and I think it was this time last year where he got some flack from Dykstra about the Darling's book. But anytime you know Dykstra gives flack to anyone, you have to think like, whatever, dude. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So no would plan. would you rank Ron Darling just slightly ahead of uh, A Rod in terms of broadcasting? Yeah, slightly ahead. <laughs> <laughs> slightly ahead of A Rod, and you know uh, that '86 team. You you talked off air that you're going to start watching Seinfeld. And there's a couple seasons where there are, he refers to the Mets uh, 86 season many times. Okay. And Keith Hernandez is on the show for a couple episodes. Roger McDowell's on the show. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's very baseball friendly because there's episodes with George Steinbrenner, who's a major, he's a major subcat. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he's a major subplot, I guess you would call okay. it. Okay. All right. Well, make sure you watch this 30 for 30 special. It's probably a good one in between the baseball season, right? Um, before yeah, sure. spring training, it's yeah. it's good to watch. You're right. And, and some of the players, you know, we were already into our third year at that point, right? In the Bush yeah. League. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike Schilt gets fired. A little surprising, huh? Uh, absolutely stunning. Um, because right after the um, their loss in the um, wild card game, there was talk um, – his contract had run through – was running through 2022, and they were thinking about extending him. And then all of a sudden it was announced that he was fired, and it, it hasn't come out yet what caused that. But uh, it's, something strange went out there just because his winning percentage, just like Mike Matheny, his predecessor, is was over 550. Um, he's done a great job over the last two years, and I, as a Cardinals fan, think this is this is a horrible move. I I don't know what caused it. Just shocked. I mean, I could see like a Jace Tingler. I mean, think about this: Tori Lavolo of the Diamondbacks. You know, when, when they what won what fifty games, sixty games, gets rehired. Brandon Hyde of the Orioles that won fifty or sixty games got rehired. But Mike Schilt, who won a seventeen game winning streak, gets fired. Just I don't know. It's strange. Strange for the Cardinals organization. Yeah, maybe maybe he went into the GM and the owner's office and flipped out after they traded for J.A. Happ and, and, and John Lester. <laughs> maybe he said things he, he shouldn't have. Because when, when you look at Chilt, they add Happ and Lester, who are really bad pitchers, and he wins 17 straight games. Or he's the manager who won 17 straight games, and he loses Flaherty. Right? I, yeah. I don't get it, man. I don't get it either, you know, but uh, I, I would think in, in, in the fact that that Chilt has spent 18 years, yeah. 20 years in the Cardinals yeah. organization, all the way up from single A, um, you know, they're kind of grooming him for, for that job. It's, I don't, I, there's the story is going to be coming out in the next couple months. My, my sense is, is that maybe they had uh, an issue with some of the coaches and management backed one coach where Schilt didn't like him. And, and I'm thinking it's the hitting coach, Jeff Albert. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Is there any names that are floating? Yeah, I mean, they they, they have their bench coach, uh, Ali Marmol, um, uh, a Bush League favorite, their first base coach, Stubby Clapp. Um, and then they've also talked about um, possibly Jose Okendo, but he's kind of stepped away from the organization in the last couple, couple of years. Um, some people have also talked about Yachty being a, a – player manager which i really don't see mm. and, and and then you know a name from the past buck showalter yeah which i i don't think that jives with i mean the cardinals are moving full speed um into analytics so i i don't see that happening okay all right so you're thinking they would hire more some on the lines of gabe kapler than showalter oh absolutely okay i would be stunned if they don't okay all right and they usually hire from within, except for the LaRusses. Well, maybe they don't hire from within. Herzog wasn't from well, within. No, LaRusse wasn't. Well, yeah, Matheny was. The last, yeah. Yeah, the last two have been. Okay. Of course, they've you know the last two have worked for pretty good a pretty good manager. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's kind of a shame because uh, I I felt like you know you 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 dig yourself out 
and you and you got good young players. I, I feel like that division's kind of weak, and you you're probably the division favorite going into 22. It, it's right for the taking. They got 35 million dollars coming off the books between Carpenter and Carlos Martinez, and I, I, I would think they would like to get a, a, a front line or a, a second um, a number two pitcher. Um, but there's also been hopes that they pick up a Corey Seager, a left-handed hitting shortstop, um, to kind of bolster that lineup. So we'll see what they do. They'll probably they'll probably do none of those. <laughs> Given their history, they're, they're not usually into the big free agent market. They would prefer to trade. Uh, yeah, did they trade for Goldschmidt or did they sign him? Uh, they traded for Goldschmidt and for Arenado. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. All right. Uh, now, so we, we, we had mentioned it in the beginning that uh, this is the week that we do the, the Rooster Wing Hall of Fame inductees. So I have five. I think it's five. I have five inductees. Uh, I'm just going to go through them quickly, then I'll go back and we, okay. we can discuss. So okay. the 2021 Rooster Wing Hall of Fame inductees, and again, those, just as a reminder, the Rooster Wing is for players who are probably on that fringe, who really contributed to baseball, who get lost sometimes in the conversation, but should have represent. they should be in the hall at some level, right? Okay. Last year we did 12. Uh, I cut it down to five more manageable, and we'll move forward with this type of number the rest of the way. Uh, all right, so first one was Lou Pinella, both as a player and a manager. Uh, Dennis Martinez, El Presidente. Uh, Lou Whitaker, Sweet Lou. Dave Duncan uh, as a pitcher mm. coach. And okay. Dick Allen. All right, so they're the all five right. inductees. Um, let's start with Lou, Lou Pinella. So eight—that's right. Eighteen years as a player with the Royals and the and the uh, Yankees, two pennants, two World Series championships, one Rookie of the Year in 1968, 1,700 hits, a 2.92 career average, and hit over 307 times. As a manager, 23 years as a manager: Yankees, Reds, Mariners, Rays, and Cubs. He has 1,835 wins to put him 16th all-time, one World Series title, and seven playoff appearances. Wow. wow. Okay, so forgive my ignorance. Who was the World Series? Was that with the Reds? 90 Reds? The 90 Reds. Okay. Wow. That's, you know, that's, that's an impressive career. You said 18 years as a player, 23 years as a manager. That, that, that's a long time. I, I guess one of the things that I always remember uh, about Lou Pinella, it's more in his uh, managing days than his playing days. But, man, he was a hot-headed manager, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he got in a fight with Dibble in that locker room. He used to throw the bases. You know, yeah. Um, and, I, and I remember reading something about, you know, Boa managed. He was a coach with him with the Mariners after he got fired from the Phillies, I think. Okay. Or maybe it was after the Padres, before the Phillies. And Boa would tell him – I heard Boa say that Pinella used to tell Boa, hey, you got to give it a day before you react. And I'm thinking, like, both of you are half crazy. <laughs> like, mm. what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're taking patience lessons off of Lou Pinella. You must be a complete maniac. <laughs> right? So um, – but I, I, I thought as a player manager, man, that's a long career, man. You know, what it I mean? is. and he, he, he probably is not enough wins to get into the Hall of Fame 
as a manager and certainly not as a player, but combining it both, I feel like he needs to be in the wing there. Yeah, that's that's a nice contri- contribution. I guess I didn't realize that he was rookie of the year in 1968. Yeah, for the for the I guess it was the Royals at that time. I think the, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the A's were in Oakland, so it was Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Um the next one, uh, Dennis Martinez, El Presidente. Yay. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, let me just throw out some numbers to you. He's 245 wins, 193 losses. He's 54th all-time in wins. 3,999 innings. Puts him in the top 50. His ERA is 370, and his whip is 126. A little high, but not really for that era, right? Um, 2,100 Ks. He's got 100 wins with both the Orioles and the Expos, and he's only one of eight pitchers to win 100 games with two different teams. Uh, four All-Star wow. games, last one when he was 41 years old. And th- this is a nice one, too. He won 10-plus games 15 times in his career. And he's got wow. a total war of 49.3, which is ahead of, and kind of give you perspective, it's ahead of Dwight Good and Ron Guidry. I didn't realize that, you know, of those stats that you have read there, I didn't realize that he had won 245 games. I mean, that's that's so difficult these days. But I'm just looking here on baseball reference. He started his career in Baltimore at age 22, finished in Atlanta at age 44. So it spanned a, a 23-year career. And you were talking about his um, his ERA. Yeah. Um, like, what, 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 what did you say it was? It was 3-7. Okay. Um, I want to say that ERA plus is, is 106. So, I mean, he's slightly better. ERA plus is a way of measuring um, based upon each particular season. 100 is, is league average. So 106 is, you know, 6% above league average. So, yeah, it's not, not outstanding, but the, just the durability and the fact that he pitched so many innings and, in, you know, in so many games is, is remarkable. Yeah, and uh, what I loved about El Presidente is the big chew he had in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so old school, man. It's so cool. And, you know, he, he I, I'm almost, I didn't look it up. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't say it before I, I think he had a bout with alcoholism, too. Which mm, That might be. Yeah, which he battled through. Um, and he was a spot starter with the Orioles initially. So some of that ERA may be that, too. Because, um, I mean, he came up in the Orioles organization in the seventies and they were pretty solid on the mound. So, uh, you know, getting innings was, was difficult, but I, I think Denny Martinez, 245 wins and all those other stats, he needs to be in the wing. I wonder if he was the first prominent player from Nicaragua. Um, I, I don't know that as a fact, but I'm just wondering. Uh, he, yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he's Nicaraguan. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, the another Lou, Lou Whitaker, Sweet Lou. I got this texted from uh, Bob Freeze. This was his his nomination. As I looked, he as Bob, mine, as mine as, as well. Yours too? Yeah, uh, he's right on. Yeah. So let me throw some stats out to you. Nineteen years in the big leagues, all with the Tigers. Twenty three hundred sixty nine hits, thirteen hundred eighty six runs, a two seventy six average over for his career. Three Gold Gloves, four, uh, five All Star games. But let me throw this out to you here. Career offensive war, 67.7. He's in the top 70. He's ahead. Wow. He's ahead of Rafael Palmaro, Tony Gwynn, and Mike Piazza. 
Wow. And then That's... career total war, he's at 75.1. He's tied for 51st. You know who he's tied with? Nope. Johnny Bench. Okay. See, there you go. Um, I, I, I know his career um, will be linked with and was overshadowed by Alan Trammell. You know, the two of them played together for all those years. Um, probably the longest running yeah. um, Keystone yeah. combination. But yeah, when, when when you had asked everyone, who did they think? This was one of my nominees. And it was just a, you know, I, I used this term before, a boringly awesome career. Yeah. So with that career total war, remember he's tied for, he's tied with Bench at 51st all time. None, all but one, let me rephrase it, all but one of the top 60 in career total war is in the Hall of Fame, will be in the Hall of Fame, or should be in the Hall of Fame. So the top okay. 60, there's one guy that I'm not sure who he is, but right now the top 60, Trout, Manny Ramirez, Beltre, Pujols, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Probably. And I put should be in the Hall of Fame, as in their stats carry it, is A-Rod and Rafael Palmeiro. So, yeah, well, yeah. But my point is that Lou Whitaker is in that field. He, he probably should be in there, and that's why he's in the rooster wing at the very least. Okay. Yeah. I, you got me sold on that one. All right. I'm going to skip. Glad he got in. Uh, Dick Allen. Don't call me Richie. Call me Dick. <laughs> right. 1964, 1977. I uh, won Rookie of the Year in 64, won the MVP in 72. He has 1,840 hits, 351 homers, a 292 career average. This sticks out a little bit. A 912 career OPS, which puts him in the top 60 ahead of Schmidt, Griffey Jr., and Sheffield. That's pretty good wow. company. He has a career yeah. career offensive war at 70.2, which is 62nd all-time, ahead of Duke Snyder, Robinson Cano, and Carlos Beltran. Um, I, I guess I'm surprised. I, I read a book uh, about... Dick Allen, and um, I, I just wonder if he was a victim of the time frame that he um, he played in. And we had mentioned this before when he had he had passed away. Um, I think if you look at his numbers, they certainly borderline Hall of Fame numbers. But I, I agree uh, about him being in the Rooster Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, he. I agree with you. He's he was a victim of of the times that he that he played in. Um, I'm, I'm at, and, I, and we had talked about it before. I'm not blaming other people. I'm not blaming him. It's just situation. Uh, Correct. Yeah. But, yeah, and obviously from – and he played on a lot of teams. So he was with the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the A's, and then back to the Phillies. Um, I think I think at one point with the A's, he had his hometown on the, on the back of his jersey. I think he had Wampum on the back of his jersey. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> If you read if you read um, books on him, uh, he was really well liked by his teammates. Yeah. And in fact, he he had a significant influence on a young Mike Schmidt uh, when he came back to the Phillies. Yeah. And and Schmidt has has nothing but good things to say about him. So I think a lot of that was was blown out of proportion. I, I think these days the press would have treated it a little bit differently than they did back in the '60s and early '70s. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I I agree with this not. Uh, the selection into your Hall of Fame. All right, the last one. Uh, he's an assistant coach, Dave Duncan, the pitching coach. So yeah. Duncan, Duncan was a catcher for the A's for a couple of years. I think he actually won a World Series or two. 
Um, he was a pitching coach early on with the Indians for like two years, then the Mariners for a year. And then La Russa hired him with the White Sox in 83. All right, so let me just go over some stats. And then he kind of tracked with La Russa the rest of his career. So the White Sox, 83 to 85, they won a division title in that time. Uh, he had a Cy Young Award winner in Lamar Hoyt. In three years, he had two 20-game winners, and he had four 15-game winners. So that's six pitchers that won 15 games, 15 or more games in a in a three-year span. That's a nice little run, as as the first really pitching coach of a of a good team. Larusa gets fired. Ten minutes later, he gets hired by Oakland, and so 86 to 95, Dave Duncan follows him. He had two Cy Young Award winners in Welch and Eckersley. He had five 20-game winners and nine 15-game winners. Dave Stewart won 20 games in four consecutive seasons where everyone thought he was washed up. And from 88 to 90, the A's had the lowest team ERA in Major League Baseball, and all all anyone cared about was the Bash Brothers. Right? So La Russa gets fired from Oakland. Ten minutes later, he gets hired in St. Louis. Dave Duncan follows him, 96 to 2012. And again, he had another Cy Young Award winner, Chris Carpenter. He had four 20-game winners. And this is nice right here. He had 25 15-game winners between 96 and 2012 with the Cardinals. He had um, I, I would say, being a Cardinals fan, um, he had a heavy influence. Um, you've mentioned some numbers, but he turned some careers uh, oh, yeah, around. You know, yeah. people like Jeff Supon and Andy Bennis and, you know, players, m- marginal players um, like that. And, and, and I'm forgetting um, a lot of the names that they made um, that he brought people over and kind of resurrected their career. And, um, yeah, uh, this is this is a great choice. And then one of the other notes I had was he's only coached one Hall of Fame pitcher. Who's that? Eckersley. Eckersley. Okay. Out of all those numbers, he's only one of them is a Hall of Fame pitcher. So, like, to go to your point, he's done great jobs with marginal pitchers to get them to win 15 games. To keep, yeah. Uh, I, I just thought it was amazing. Uh, the other note I had, the Cardinals, he had eight pitchers, eight years a pitcher got a Cy Young vote. In 17, in 17 years, he's, he's coached there, and nine different pitchers got a vote. That's amazing to me. And the- um, here's, here's the other interesting thing is that he, in his playing career, he was a catcher. He wasn't a pitcher. Right. Yeah, he was a catcher. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, maybe they make good pitching coaches, right? Yeah. Well, they make good managers too, right? Yeah, normally. Yeah. I, I would argue that. Yeah. So uh, Dave Duncan, when I when I looked at his, when I really broke down his stats, I don't think there's any question that this guy should be in in the Hall of Fame at some level, and that's why he went into the Rooster Wing this year. I like it. I like it. Yeah, really good choice. All right. Um, so I, you know, you can throw your comments. Maybe I missed someone. Maybe I I didn't. I, I had a couple guys that I that were on the uh, cusp, but I I had to whittle it down to five, and I. And that's where I went with these five. So I think it's a pretty good choice. Um, hey, I do have a twib note this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, we were in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania last weekend. Went to the Wellsboro Brew House. 
I had a Ooh. double D rye ale. It's an ABV of 7%. Beer Advocate only had two ratings, and they had a 3.69 out of 5. I gave it an 80 Rooster Talons. Pretty average, probably below average. Would definitely wouldn't have a second one. Uh, okay, so on your scale, an 80 is just like it's it's drinkable, but but you would not recommend it or go back, like you said, for a second one. Yeah, 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 it's drinkable. Yeah, like, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Potable, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, podcast corrections follow up for the year. You had almost flawless for this year. You, you think we're almost well, well, no, 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 that, that, that's, that's, that's me. I, when I listened to, when I really listened to this last podcast, the, the season ending one, I, man, I screwed up everywhere. It was really bad. I think at one point I said that Bob had an almost flawless 2022. And what I meant to say was a flawless 2021. And I hope I wasn't foreshadowing that for, for the rest of the league that, you know, uh, about that. <laughs> I, I, I messed up that really bad. Um, I, I was pretty confident on that last day of the year that I was going to pass both Tom and Sam, and I did neither. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then item last of, of, of my bad um, journalism here was the Pirates' attendance. Um, I, I said that, you know, they never, we never really questioned about whether a franchise should stay in Pittsburgh. And I think you quickly followed up that said that, you know, Oakland and, and, and Tampa were the two teams because they've actually won and fans haven't shown up. And then Bill sent a text with the attendance this past year. And I don't think – I think the Pirates weren't, weren't even close to the bottom, were they? No. They were fifth or sixth from the bottom, something yeah. like that? Yeah, and they had a really bad team because that was my – Really bad. Correction is uh, I think I was probably 15 or 17 games behind the Tigers. Like then you say the Tigers would win more games and and they they got on a little roll there in the in the middle of the season and I think the Pirates finished maybe maybe seventeen eighteen games behind them. Yeah, yeah, that that was. I mean, but 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 in, in fairness to you, that was that 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 was bad. But you said it. You said it. I think it was after the first two spring training games when the Phillies had lost both to uh, the Pirates and the Tigers. Maybe it was a bit of foreshadowing for for the Phillies more so than those two teams. Yeah, I guess I was right about them, though. I was right about them. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I have a soft spot for the Pirates. I, I, I you know, I do root for them. Uh, it's just, I wish they would get rid of those crazy uniforms they have. I hate them. wish they would go back to uniforms when I was a kid. But anyway. Um, yeah, oh, and another Pirate news. Did you see uh, my guy O'Neill Cruz came up the last week? I, I did see that. I, I know this is a player that you really like along with Nick Gonzalez. So, um, um, yeah, maybe I'll be nominating him and see how, how much you really like him during the draft next year. Well, I got O'Neill Cruz, so I might, I might keep him. Really? Yeah. Wow, this is going to be a difference. You know what? It should be interesting. I, you know, I, I hope the baseball season gets off to a good start because I think we're going to see a lot of different type of retention than we saw last year. And, um, you know, as we get closer, sometime probably in the February podcast, we'll, we'll talk about retention and who we would retain. Um, we'll make fun of Bob Freeze for retaining Adam Wainwright again and just have Wainwright go out and, you know, have a sub three ERA and win 15 or 16 games. So, yeah, what do we know? So, all right, 
and this kind of off topic, we didn't have it scheduled, but do you, you, when you mentioned about different retention strategies, do you think the, the salaries will come down for these big players? Because there was a lot of big $4 players that really didn't perform. Um, I, I, I'd like to say yes, but I, I think in the heat of the moment, the answer is no. I mean, nobody flubbed it in terms of retention more than me, right? Retaining two $3 players, Yelich and um, Trevor Story, and did not get anywhere close to that. Um, that dollar value. So, you know what, maybe in, in a future podcast, I'll take a look at what players were retained for and uh, their earned auction value, if you will, for the 2021 season and do a comparison, a little plus minus and see, you know, um, if we can determine who really got the most for their money. Yeah. And I'm even talking like during the auction too, like $4 players. I, I mean, none of, I don't think any of those $4 players performed. I mean, Freddie Freeman had a good second half, but, I don't think a lot of the three dollar players performed. I, I don't know. I'm just going off the top of my head. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so we'll quantify this. We'll yeah. quantify this for a future show. Yeah. All right. What are you walking off with? Um, <laughs> it's funny since we didn't have a podcast last week. I, I really got lazy and I got nothing <laughs> for the walk off. Other, other than you know, you got, we'll, we'll you got one job. I'm sorry. You got one job. What? You got one job. It's to figure out a walk-off. That's it. I'm telling you, I'm a busy guy. When we were doing the pre-show, I'm like, wait a second. I got nothing for the walk-off. And you know what? I still have nothing for the walk-off. So so how do you like that? It's it's empty by me, which pretty much reflects my season and my performance this year. There's my walk-off. All right. My walk-off is a three-pitch strikeout, right? Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. All right, I'm walking off with I love the National League play in the Braves Dodgers series. Yeah. Eight stolen bases, two games. That's like a whole month in the National League these days. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And no one cares about stolen bases until the Dodgers are running all around the place. They they haven't knocked a lot of those guys in yet, but they're they're putting themselves in, in scoring position from a walk now. And that is a that is a huge deal when you're talking about these games are one to two runs apart at the end of the game. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. And it's also important, if you remember last year uh, or the last few years, Taco Bell has had that challenge. If there's a stolen base, you can get a free Doritos Loco Taco, which I did last year. So I'm, I'm hoping that they run, uh, forgive the pun, hopefully they run that promotion again this year. Yeah, <laughs> the Dodgers have six in two games. The Braves have two. Okay. Yeah. Who are the Who are the Who are the Braves stolen bases? Do you Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I do. Eddie Rosario stole base, and then Albies. Okay. All right. And Betts Betts had two last night. Taylor had one last night. He's got two total. And Lux, Lux had one last night. And then Turner had one in game one. Okay. Yeah. And. No one's been caught because they don't care about catchers throwing guys out until you need to throw them out, and the, these these things aren't even close. <laughs> these aren't even it, close, man. It, it isn't it funny um, what you're bringing up is, is just how games are managed differently um, when it comes to playoff time. And I think you made this this point. I think it was last year um, about teams that that strike out and can't move runners over. How that's just critical 
Oh, yeah. Um, to put the ball in play during the postseason, how it just takes on more importance. Yeah. So just to give a perspective here, the the Braves have 26 strikeouts in two games. Oof. The Dodgers have 17. Okay. Yeah. 26 strikeouts in two games. That's what well, you cut it in half. That's 13. There's 27 outs. Yeah. You only need 14 outs because 13 of them are going to go down in case. That's ridiculous. Right, and you can't throw anybody out. The Dodgers are running. Why, why? I don't even know why I'm picking the Braves. I'm looking at this stat. Like, but, 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 strangely enough, the Braves were up two games to nothing. Yeah, but the Dodgers left a lot of guys on base too. As I'm thinking about it, I mean, they had the bases loaded after Taylor hit that double yesterday, and they didn't score anybody after that. They should have put that game away. But yeah, whatever. What do I care? <laughs> what do whatever. I know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's hard to root for anybody at this point, right? Yeah. The Dodgers are hitting two fifteen. Jeez. What the hell. I don't, I don't know why I'm even watching this damn stuff. Anyway. <laughs> watch watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least I'll see some action. Although I am liking the stone base thing, and it and it does show that the stone bases are not gone. They're they're just situational. But it's funny how. Dave Roberts gets to the playoffs and he's cutting everybody loose. Like they must have a green yeah. light. Maybe they do have a green light. If you're hitting two sixteen, you better get somebody at second base somehow. So, yeah. uh, and it's funny how the the catchers can't throw anybody out because I know you know you're playing the Cardinals. You're not stealing six bases in two games off of Molina. I agree with that. Yeah, he's going to shut that right down. So, anyway, maybe they'll start playing Austin Barnes because Will Smith couldn't throw me out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he could throw me out, but I don't know if he could throw you out. Because the pitchers nice. don't even look. They, they had a left-hander pitcher, Matzik, and they, they stole two bases off that guy. I don't think he realized they were, <laughs> there was a guy on first base. Jeez, oh, man. All right. Uh, so, we're back in two weeks. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will be sending out. Um, I'll send it out in email fashion. Actually, I'll do email and text um, about our November sixth championship gala, and with the details behind that. And um, we'll follow that up in the next podcast, which we have scheduled um, two weeks from now, um, which would be November first. So right. um, until then, yeah, Chief, you stay safe. All right, Champ. Talk to you later. All right. Thank <laughs> you.